We are the E to the page, Japan land the punch. Out of mind, I feel boom pow, we got the stuff. We know they got story, been new, they got hard, complex narratives and black carries. Tell me where they see us. Where I see us, where, where I see us, they wanna be us. But tell me where they read us, now they wanna be us. At the damn cage, like a nigga from Georgia, insane and after brain and lacking in origin. At flashbacks and shots to the system, downloading new issues and sitting for a listen. Where I see us, where I see us, they wanna be us. But tell me what they read us, now they wanna be us. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Where I See Me, the podcast where we look at comics and media with lots of questions in mind, mainly where the hell are the black and brown people? And so I'm Jamie. And I am Marcellus. And Happy New Year to everyone, because it's we're, this episode right. is coming out in the new year. Um, wow, I know a lot of people are very happy to leave 2021 behind them. <laughs> and hopefully 2022 um, is better. We're recording this pre- Oh, uh, we got <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Everyone collectively knock on wood. Um, uh, what's that? Twist your fingers. What is it? Uh, cross your fingers. fingers cross crossed. your fingers. Um, put some garlic on in your cooking. Um, <laughs> season your your New Year's loaf. Um, trying to think of all the what other good things. Um, spank the New Year's baby. Is that what it is? I I don't know if you spank the New Year's baby. <laughs> New Year is a baby. <laughs> And Rudolph, new year, new baby. Did you ever watch that one? What was it like? A those claymation like Christmas things where like Rudolph had to save Baby New Year, and Baby New Year just kept getting into stuff. Do you do you remember that one? I remember watching animated uh, little Rudolph Red Red. I don't really. I'm not the biggest Christmas person. Mm. Um. So if it was a Christmas movie, I might. I'm. There's a, ch- there's a chance I've seen it because, you know, they come on TV all the time and the the, the season starts up. But um, I don't know if I remember Baby New Year being a part of it. Mm-hmm. He uh, wore a top hat and a diaper. Yeah, I don't remember that then. I feel mm-hmm. like there's not very many of those. There's not many, uh, babies in top hats. <laughs> With a little sash that says... Baby New Year. <laughs> yeah, no, that feels very distinct. I don't think <laughs> You're like, don't know them. Don't, don't know that. No. S- sorry to that baby. <laughs> well, did you get any good Christmas presents? Um, the gift of... Uh, oh, I got Omarion. Uh, yeah, yeah. Got the latest Omarion CD. Oh, um, yeah, what is it? Uh... Did he do Icebox? He did do Icebox. That's a yeah, Icebox that's is I, a good song. Yeah, definitely. Well, the new Omarion gave me chills for sure. Um, wow! <laughs> I was in bed listening to it. You know, get <laughs> feel great though. I think I'm done with it. I think it's played out. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, I'm glad. Um, <laughs> glad you're feeling better. <laughs> but I, but I did, I did, I got. Um, uh, Isabella gave me some some very thoughtful gifts. Uh, and so did my parents. I got a lot of DVDs uh, from all, all around. Because um, I'm ten, and this is uh, 
I, as much as I love streaming services, shout out to all the streaming services, but also I hate you because you, you take things off and then we can't watch it. And that's why I stick by my stance on DVDs as well. Oh, well, I usually just buy like the digital version of the thing sometimes. That's fair. I don't know. I just, it, it gets me, it, it scratches two itches. One, to, uh, to be able to have the thing I want when I want it. Uh, but then also to collect things. Mm. It's nice to have a little, a little dual purpose. What about you? Did you get yeah. any uh, any nice festive things for Christmas? Well, my I'm <laughs> Christmas is always funny. When my mom will always ask me what I want, and then like she'll complain about the list, and there's only three things on the <laughs> list, and then she's like, "I don't feel like looking for this," <laughs> you know? It's just kind of like that's the most un-Santa Claus. So I got I got one thing for my mom, and I bought all the rest of my other presents because. That's what I wanted. Um, that's the only... Actually, I guess that's my Christmas tradition. I just buy my own presents. I don't wrap them. It's just like every day going to mailboxes no. like Christmas. Um, so my mom, she bought me Dune, the book. Did not realize the book is like 700 pages. No, I was, I'm was. i telling you, it's a thick... And that's just what? Is that the... <laughs> that's just the first more, one. That's just that's the, the first, first book. one. I wanted the box set, but she was like, it's not going to be here until after Christmas. I'm like, okay, well, maybe they'll have it at the store. <laughs> no, she just got me the first book. But I had asked for a hat from Puma I bought, and it's it's cute. It's got, like, fur. around. It's like a beanie, but it has fur around the edge. Ooh. Or, like, faux fur. Pretend I'm thinking fur. of, uh, of what, what, Nelly right now? Oh, something like that, but not as like, um, not as fluffy. Like it didn't, doesn't stand out as much, but it definitely, I think, will keep your ears warm. So mm. I got that. Um, mostly just like clothes and shoes. That's typically, and perfume. That's typically Christmas for me. So very nice, very nice. Yep, yep, yep. Um, do you have any New Year's resolutions? I do. Um, I want to be a little bit more active. Um, I am. My body has not fully yet uh, hardened to the shape of my chair, and I would like to keep that from happening. You know, like that sitting down position, because mm. uh, I'm. I don't really have to socialize very much, and unfortunately, fortunately for me, I get enough out of online or interactions. Because I talk to you, talk mm. to Hawa, talk to my family, uh, all conveniently um, through the power of the internet. And while it's great to see people in person, not the best time to see people in person right now. Yeah. But I should still be able to go on a walk by myself mm. uh, or go ride my bike. Um, so I'm thinking New Year's resolution get my bike fixed and mm, okay. just go on walks again, like in, without having to be working, like just go on a walk, not a commute. Yeah. Uh, something simple. Not going to be able to fix the world with the, a resolution. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that, that makes sense. I mean, that's reasonable. That's actually really doable. 
Whereas, you know, the traditional ones people have is like, lose weight, be a mil- be a millionaire, start my own business. Um, I don't know. Like, what else do people normally ask? I don't even know. Raise the dead. Um, what? <laughs> stop the robot revolution. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the usual stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> So I mean, I mean that's a perfect. Do you have any? Do I have, do you any, have any resolutions? I want to know your resolutions if you have any. I haven't thought about it yet. I mean, like I said, we're recording this a week, a couple of days before the new year, so I haven't really given much time to it. Um, I think for me though, twenty twenty one, I spent a lot of time reflecting on my relationships with people, um, mm. and just kind of like taking stock of. Um, I don't know. I guess. I think for me coming to terms with reality of those relationships, like some of them are beneficial, some of them are not. And by beneficial, I mean like there's reciprocity, like it's, you know, I'm, I'm not taking from them. They're not taking from me. It's just this dual exchange or even flow of energy coming back. And this sounds real, this sounds real witchy, but it's fine. Um, This dual... It's not witchy when you use uh, words longer than three syllables. Changing. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like, just taking stock of, like, I don't know, I think, but you know, like, that's that's a normal thing. Like, taking looking around, like, who are these people around me? What do they want from me? Do Are they asking things and requiring things of me that I can actually meet? Can I meet these things? Do, do I want to meet these things? Um mm-hmm. So for me, that was 2021. So hopefully 2022 is more like, not me being selfish, but just, I guess maybe me being selfish a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Um, It's, you know, I got to focus on my own stuff because no one's going to help me. So I, you know, you got to do for your, do for yourself. Um, But I mean. I guess, I guess, I don't know, that's a very long-winded resolution or reflection. Um, we'll see what I come up with on January 1st or whatever, but. <laughs> do it, yeah, do it 10 seconds before the clock, uh, the clock hits um, midnight. You know, do you, are you, so are you aware of like this um, New Year's, not myths, but like traditions where like, so there's like this old wives tale that says whatever you're doing when the new year comes in, that's what you'll be doing for the rest of the year. So like if you're sleeping, you'll be you'll sleep the whole year away. Um, if you're eating, I don't like that. if you're eating, you're gonna which is I guess like a, a way for people to do something meaningful with their new years, right? Like if you like spend, yeah. you like churches have have those like watch parties, um, the new year watch parties. Yes. Oh, y'all. That's all. We could do a whole episode on those, those things, but that's not what we're talking about today. Um, but you know, so the watch party thing, like you're in fellowship with your ch- church people, and you. So I guess you'll spend the whole year with your church, like being in fellowship with people you care about, kind of stuff. Then there's certain foods that you're supposed to eat, um, like greens for money, black eyed peas for. I forgot what you black eyed peas were. I feel like prosperity, but that's also yeah, prosperity. You for will I am. For will I am. Stop. <laughs> I wonder why they chose that name for their group. It's such a weird, random. 
Was it because? I mean, was it because Will I Am is the only dark skinned member of that group, and everybody else is beige? Is he the black eye on that P? Listen, you know, we could ask him. Let's call him up. I'm over. Jamie, they might have just been like eating uh, olives. Olives. Black olives. What? I don't know. Black eyed peas. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I'm so curious why they're why that is their name. Well, maybe maybe we'll find out. Cause it's random. Although there are a lot of bands that have random names, though. That is true. It's a very rock, like punk rock kind of thing to have a random name. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there was a restaurant called the Black IP, but it is no longer in business. I don't know if it was just a Texas thing or not. It might have been. I never heard of it in my life. Never in my life. (sighs) Oh, well. Well, well. I mean, I guess we should (laughs) transition into talking about the topic for today. Um, we, so I don't know how much you prepared for this. I read a couple articles. I, there's just so many different directions that this can go in. Um, but all of them look like they start with disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sorry, I'm being pessimistic. Oh, no, I cut no. you off. What are you going to say? Oh, no. All of them. <laughs> well, today we're talking about Matrix 4. Which is Matrix Resurrection. They're keeping on brand with these R's. The Wachowskis are keeping on brand with these R's. They had reloaded Revolution Resurrection. Um, And so we'll be talking about that. And then also it has creeped back up about the Matrix being the original idea of this black woman named Sophie Stewart. Um, So we'll be looking at at that as well. Um, (laughs) But... Marcel, do you remember the first time you saw like any of the Matrix movies? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, even I feel like the first time I was introduced to the story of the Matrix, though, it was through a like animated, um, several animated renditions where it's people spoofing the Matrix. Oh, um, right. Like either via YouTube or I think one of the places I saw it on was. Uh, I mean, Newgrounds, this this animation and game website mm-hmm. um, that's still still up and operational. But I just remember there being like a bunch of films from that same era, like Fight Club, um, maybe even Saw, and they were all spoofed through like mm-hmm. animated rabbits. And I remember just yeah, I know it's very specific. I feel like the two thousands uh, internet uh, was a wild west of is this funny or is it just accessible mm-hmm. and i'm able to watch it um but i remember seeing like bullet time and seeing neo and being like oh they look cool and then i saw the actual movie and i was like oh they look cool mm-hmm. um this is this is interesting this is pessimistic it's <laughs> it's uh, philosophical it's it's got all these things that i don't think i had really thought a whole lot of in terms of um, seeing in movies. Like I I knew sci-fi, but my sci-fi was like Jurassic Park and E.T. And I hadn't, you know, I wasn't a horror movie kid, so I wasn't deep into the what if. But the what if of, 
you know, if, are we all in a uh, simulation? Mm-hmm. I think that's depressing. Um, but at the same time, it's cool. <laughs> and that's how I feel about a lot of horror sometimes. It's like sometimes it's depressing, but cool. You know, I want to detour for a second because you, you mentioned yours for you sci-fi was E.T. and Jurassic Park. I don't know why I don't think about those as being sci-fi movies. Do you think it's because of the era that it comes out of? No, I I don't know. Like, I know they're blockbusters, but... I don't know why I don't think of them being sci-fi. That's something, I don't know, that I might... I don't know. We could do a poll. Yeah, on, absolutely. On Twitter. Because um, I feel like people listen... People participate more on Twitter than they do on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I... I hear what you're saying, but I I don't know. It falls under a weird, because I mean, those are very family friendly. They're very specific. Um, I think because. It's like an adventure. There's, I think, I guess I'm, I'm associating sci-fi with the world building. And neither one mm. of those movies builds a world. I mean, Jurassic, Jurassic Park is a self-contained little world within our world. And E.T. is a visitor from another world to our world. I don't know. I don't know. I'm getting us off track. But <laughs> it just I don't know why no. I thought of I'm like, why don't I think those are sci-fi movies? I don't know. I'll have to explore my feelings about that a little bit more. But I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying. No, no. It's a fair. It's a fair. Because uh, it's like an, a conversation about genre mm-hmm. and audience and, you know, who's telling the story. Because both of those movies are Steven Spielberg. Speaking of Spielberg, he just released, he just remade West Side Story. Um, and apparently, yeah. apparently it did very poorly in the box office. That's because no one's trying to see West Side Story right now. This is not the time. At for- the theaters. No. Also, all the controver- uh, controversy with, uh, what's his name? The main actor? Ansel. Arn- yeah, the, the male one. Ansel, Igor, Igor. Arnaut? Is his name like Arnaut? I don't know. I don't... But like... He, the Fault in Our Stars guy. Yeah. The um, baby driver boy. He was accused of sexual assault, I think. Uh, something along those lines. And that's, you know, West Side Story is an old musical. Mm-hmm. Great. I think it's a fun musical. If you cast it correctly. Yeah. Which, it looks like it was casted pretty well this time around. Um, you can't get you can't pull a new audience in with uh, a fresh face that they're talking negatively about there's like no way to do it that and then also I think with West Side Story is that representation alone is not enough because this is an old ass story that we already know right so Steven Mm -hmm. Spielberg is throwing his hat into the, the pastiche not the pastiche but the nostalgia of years gone by of just remaking things right that's they're just constantly remaking mm. and remaking things like i saw an ad for you know there's there's a show called how i met your mother now they're gonna do oh, how i met your father God. and hillary duff is the star and i'm just like y'all couldn't have thought of a, another like something else besides basically taking the same show format <sighs> and doing it from a woman's perspective did we really need a woman's perspective from the show, I didn't watch How I Met Your Mother. Um, that wasn't a show that I was really interested in. I know the framing mm. of it, 
for the most part, right? Like the dad is telling the story to his kids in the future, and then we're the show is set in the past, whatever. Um, but I mean, do we need another one of those? And I think the same could be applied to the, to the new Matrix movie. Did we need another? Did we need another one? Did we need See, another one? <laughs> you you say that, and I think. It's weird because this movie, I don't know, I have a complicated relationship, I feel like, which is not unique to, to the Matrix movies. Mm-hmm. Because in the same, because we definitely didn't need a new Matrix movie, but I don't think the Wachowskis wanted a new Matrix movie. Because oh. this whole movie, the whole like the, the whole first act, or I guess like, let's say the, if we break it up into like beginning, middle, end, mm-hmm. the whole beginning of the movie there's all these like meta jokes of yes you know, oh I hated the it H- I the hated and, it so but, much they talk about this whole thing of like you know Warner Brothers wants us to you know a new they own the property we're gonna make a new game um, whether you're with us or not I part of me feels like they didn't want to make this but they knew it was gonna get made without them so they like quite actually and it's like it's like uh, What's that singer, uh, uh, Sarah Bareilles, who makes that "I'm Not Gonna Write You a Love Song"? <laughs> she wrote that mm-hmm. when her label asked her to to write a love song, mm-hmm. and then it became a and big hit. So, <laughs> and so I think that's kind of what they were going for. Is like, you know, we don't want this, but let's do something that at least fills, you know, checks some boxes. And it just it looks pretty. Um, yeah, some of the world building stuff they did. Like some of like the the continuations and you know little nods to the the original are interesting, but I just couldn't. I and I speak from a technological standpoint. Like certain things where the tech evolved, I was like, oh cool. But beyond that, I couldn't get into it. I was, I don't know. Like, just, yeah, I'm all gonna say is because I want to talk about it more with you. Was I have a complicated feeling about the Wachowskis as directors and writers. Ah, uh, okay. And this movie didn't help. Okay, okay. <laughs> I would like to hear that because I don't know much about the Wachowskis other than that they made The Matrix. Um, yeah. So I, in preparation for us talking about this, or actually in preparation of watching the fourth one, I went back and watched the first three. The first one is... A masterpiece. I think it's perfect. It's good. They could have left it alone. Um, for those of you who've never seen The Matrix, which, I, which you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be sarcastic about it because I was a long time seeing before I saw it too. Um, I remember the trailers for The Matrix in nineteen. It was in It came out in 1999. So I was like, I was in elementary school, late elementary, about to go into middle school. Um, so I remember the trailers for it, and it looked cool, like an action movie, but you didn't really get a sense of what it was, really what it was, other than it was like Keanu Reeves doing martial arts, um, and like bullets, they're really slow and stuff, and so we have bullet time because of this movie, movie. Um, like the invention of bullet time in movies, when the bullet is very slow moving and the character can like either block it or pick it out of its time, right? Like we have that because of the Matrix. Um, and the original Matrix, Neo, who is Tom Anderson, he's just like this guy who's, a, he's a hacker. 
And he works in an office and like he gets a message on his computer saying that he's being watched and la 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 and like basically comes to the realization that they're in a simulation. And the idea of people being in a simulation and humankind being in a simulation is not a new concept. Um, I was looking at, I don't know, when you type in like the matrix and like do more intru- uh, information, not information, more searching on it, there was a French philosopher, Rene Descartes, uh, who theorized that we're potentially living in some kind of um, simulation. And Descartes lived, I'm like, when did Descartes, when was Descartes alive? <laughs> uh, Google, tell me when he was alive. He was alive from 1596 to 1650. So this is, <laughs> this is, you know. So he wrote the Matrix. He, I mean, maybe. Um, so this is like a 1600, uh, 16th century, sorry, 16th century French philosopher who is theorizing that we're potentially living in a simulation. You definitely should look more into it. Um, so this isn't a new concept. And it also keeps coming back up. I think thanks in part to the movie The Matrix, right? Like we, especially with 2020 being the year that it was in 2021, a lot of people have revisited this idea of being, that we live in a simulation. Um, so like the cultural impact of the first movie is like, and it's we're, it's still with us 20 years later, right? You have oh, yeah. men on the internet arguing about, are you red pill, are you blue pill? Like all of that oh, kind God. of stuff. That's a whole... It's a whole genre because I think red pill is supposed to be like alpha male, and like you can't be fooled. Do you know the truth? Do you, you know the truth? And like blue pill is like beta male, and like you're sleep and you're sheep and all of those things that rhyme. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like the movie, the first movie was such a cultural moment. Even like fashion wise, all them like leather oh, yeah. leather trench coats and the glasses and. Another PVC pants. Yeah, all of it was so good. So good. And then you get to the second and third movie, and it's like, what did y'all do? <laughs> what, did, what, did, what happened? What happened, right? Um, the second movie, some of the fights, I think it's both the second and third movie, some of the scenes feel like they, the, the computer CGI does not hold up. And it's, it seemed no, like it the Wachowskis got a bigger budget and we're like, we're going to put as much CGI in this mess as we can. Like Neo's like flying through the air and it looks just like a computer game, basically. Um, I mean, it is. And, it, <laughs> and I'm just like, what But is, you know, you're right, you're right. I'm like, what is this? Um, so the first, the first Matrix, he becomes, he finds out he's in a simulation. He decides to leave the simulation with the help of Morpheus and Trinity. Morpheus being played by Lawrence Fishburne, who is not in the fourth movie. They killed him off. Um, so, spo- spoiler. Sorry. I mean, th- this movie's on HBO Max. If you got HBO Max. Also, if you probably haven't seen it yet, you probably weren't wanting to see it anyway. So, spoilers, no spoiler, whatever. Um, but, <laughs> but Whatever. But, you know, he leaves the Matrix and joins this like resistance of human beings who have left the matrix. Um, the second movie, they find out that 
Or we see we see the city where all the fr the free people live. So Zion is the city where all the people who have left the matrix they live. They live underground. Humankind lives underground. Machines live on the surface, and it's like real dark and scary looking. It looks like um, some from Lord of the Rings or um, the Times. Jersey. Jer shut Jersey. <laughs> I've never been to Jersey. I can't co-sign that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It, but it does. It does look. It's like smog filled. Yeah. It's very apocalyptic. Yeah, and we find out that Agent Smith has now assumed the form. Like in the first movie, Agent Smith is like the antagonist to um, Neo, and Neo kills him in the end. But he becomes a virus and then infects everyone in the second and third movie. And the final showdown in the third movie is between Agent Smith and Neo. But then Neo also has to go to this machine city and like, just too much. Okay, already, I'm tired of talking. I'm already tired of talking about the second, third movie. Because it's just too much. <laughs> we find out, I think, well, something that was really important to remember, though, from those movies, the second and third ones, that we find out that the architect, the, the program that designed the Matrix, that this is this maybe like the fifth or sixth iteration of it and that they always allow the one the one is something that's needed to balance the matrix they always allow him to they always give him two choices he can go save the love of his life trinity or he can go through this door and save zion zion or save the matrix or whatever and like allow for and then like select like 18 people to repopulate zion because zion is like it's a bunch of people in zion like there's thousands of people there oh, yeah. that they've pulled out um but they end up re like escaping that this time around and so because apparently the city of zion gets destroyed every every iteration of the matrix zion gets destroyed like it just is just part of the thing um but in the third movie they decide to call like a truce between the architect and the oracle and everyone's happy. At least that's how it left off, right? That there's some balance that yeah. if people wake up in the matrix and decide that they want to leave, they're allowed to leave. Some people, if they want to stay, they're allowed to stay. And so that's kind of how the movies left off, right? And this fourth one, <sighs> this fourth one, what do we, I mean, I I feel like I get what you mean by the Wachowskis didn't want to make this movie. Um, when you put it in that perspective, I can see it. And I think it's more of like a nod to like, it feels like a fan fiction. It feels like a fanfic of the, of the Matrix. Um, I don't know where they could have taken the story in the fourth movie, but the fourth movie is really about Neo and Trinity. Like it's really it's yeah. a, it's a love story, which love story is fine, but mm. their their love, I gotta be honest, stale. <laughs> I I really out of out of every like nineties, two thousands action movie. Um, which many of those I can't say that the love in that movie is the is the leading factor. Mm -hmm. Some sometimes the actors really do a good job and I think they they pull it pull it through. Um I can't say that they're the first movie is probably the closest to their their like connection being interesting. Mm -hmm. 
because it's like a question of of like what fate prophecy the reality of what those things might mean mm-hmm. and then it's attraction like there 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 is like like the the very end of the first movie or near the end when <laughs> when she uh is whispering to him and he's fighting agent smith mm-hmm. um and she's uh, you know there's all those robots are hunting them down the real world and she whispers to his ear uh you know you can't die um even if you don't think you're the one because uh, i was told i would fall in love with a man he would be the one mm-hmm. and however he can like hear that while he's asleep he goes and starts like fighting doing his like i you don't i don't i personally feel like you don't get any of that same it's like a surprise like you you get you get one chance to scare the audience or surprise them mm-hmm. yeah i don't think you can get that same spark four movies in I... unless you do a whole new twist which they tried did they try? No. <laughs> no. I mean, the, the spark thing, right? Like the, so in the fourth movie, there is no longer the architect. It's the an- analyst um, who built this matrix. And he thought, they, they thought it would be fun to put Neo back in the matrix because in the end he dies, right? So remember in the end of the third movie, he died. And they were like, they never found his body. Trinity died as well. They died in the Machine City. And so the machines were like, mm, we're going to resurrect them um, and put them back in the Matrix. And yeah, like, it'll be it'll be cool. Um, <laughs> so, but... It'll be so fetched. It'll be um, so fetched to, like, put them back in this, in this, like, Matrix. And, like, they don't get to fall in love with each other, but they get to, like, pass each other in the coffee shop. And this apparently... It's very high, met your mother. <laughs> that's my problem with it (laughs) it's i'm just like because it's like where are we in reality i think the beginning of the fourth movie it kind of destabilizes the well the beginning beginning of the fourth movie where we're in the matrix and we meet bugs who is this new character who's supposed to be like um this kind of like badass leader of captain of of one of the ships from the resistance and mm-hmm. you know she's she's giving a like it was just too much like on the nose like this is this is the simulation and it's doing blah 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 and it's gonna in the first like five minutes and I'm like girl the movie I think it did a really bad job of like showing and not telling it it just it mm-hmm. it it told you everything <laughs> it told, it told you everything and it's like girl, I was like where are we. Um, I don't understand. And then one of my biggest problems and Lawrence Fishburne, you know, they asked him why you're not in this movie. One of my biggest problems is them recasting Morpheus. What did he say? He was like, you need to ask Lily Wachowski why I'm not in the movie. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Ooh, now we're cooking. Now we're cooking with... Because <laughs> it's like... They brought back Jada Pinkett Smith to be in a movie. She's nice. She was Niobe in the second and third movie. She was a captain of a of a ship like Morpheus. She, she don't count. Why don't she count? Because my mama don't like her. <gasps> Your mom don't like Jada Pinkett Smith. 
No. <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> I just believe my mama. I'm gonna have to ask Miss Anari why she doesn't like Jacob Smith next time I see her. <laughs> <laughs> All I know was my mama said Mm-mm. no. The Smiths are just they they need to not talk anymore. Will Will discovered the internet and is having too much fun. <laughs> Too much. too much fun too much fun over sharing and being vulnerable on the internet and like sir you're a celebrity like you have money like why are you, you doing can really back like why are you doing this um tell your therapist about these things yeah um but i digress um so they recasted morpheus and this is the way they try to skirt around this shit right they recasted morpheus with uh what's his name he was in he was doc candy man he was Candyman. He was Doc Man- Doctor Manhattan in uh, the, re- the the television series for Watchmen. Um, his name is Yahya Abdul Mateen. Yeah, he is hot right now. He's definitely he is doing it. He's doing it. So Yahya Abdul Mateen the um, second. They recast him. He's Morpheus, and he takes on like Morpheus's speech, the suits. And stuff, and I'm just like, I don't know how I feel about this. And the way that they get around it is by saying that he's a program, that he's not the actual Morpheus. He's a program coded with like Morpheus's consciousness or um, like like his values. Yeah, something like that. And I'm just like, but it's not just Morpheus. He's half Agent Smith, half Morpheus. Yes. That's real messed up. I don't like you it. You mean you put Morpheus with the white man? Because he was an agent. And this is, we find all this out in the first five minutes of the movement, movie. Yeah, maybe the first two. Because yeah. they really skate past. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they fall off a building, Bugs and Morpheus or whatever. And, like, then we go into this other reality that come to find out is the same reality or we think or we think it's tom anderson's video game that he's created so apparently in this version of the matrix tom anderson aka neo is a celebrity for creating the video game the matrix and, <laughs> and it's like such a cruel i i will say that idea of like putting him so close to the thing but like not, you know, like it's like looking through a, a, a glass or a mirror or something. Like he's close, but he can't really touch it. Um, it's an interesting concept, but I feel like they executed it very poorly. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Even I think especially with the the whole thing that you see in the trailers too, he's like taking blue pills mm-hmm. every day and they try to make it look like every time he tries to escape um, it's him having like a uh, mental health mm-hmm. episode and jumping off buildings. And it's weird because like beyond beyond that being like a kind of weak crutch of like navigating his, how long has he been here? Mm-hmm. Why hasn't he escaped? I feel like, I don't know. I, I, I just, there's something about relying on the sort of 
medication mm-hmm. and relying on the uh, you're crazy bit um, that makes the beginning feel so slow and empty. Like it's kind of just him bouncing between like three different people. Mm-hmm. And they all go, what are you talking about? And they just gaslight him for the whole Yeah, <laughs> and these are all, like, of course, machine plants to keep him in place. His therapist is the analyst. Um, his homeboy, I guess, I don't know if that's his assistant or whoever the guy, I forgot his name already. He's, like, you know. Bobby Moynihan. Bobby Moynihan. What? Bobby? I can't remember his name. I feel like his name was Bobby, though. Was it? I don't know. Might be Bobby. I'm just playing around, but I might be right. You might be. Um, But, you know, and then, like, the meeting that they had where they're, like, trying to come up with, like, it's, like, it's so meta. It's, like, meta on meta on meta, right? Like, they're having a business meeting about, like, trying to reboot the Matrix, like, which is also kind of, like, y'all had a business meeting to how to reboot the Matrix movies. Like, the... (laughs) It's just like, are y'all just, is this a documentary? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what, are you, what are y'all doing? I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. I don't like it. I don't, it was so bad. And, but, you know, some people enjoyed it. And, you know, I would. Yeah, I'd like them to come forward. I would just like to hear what they enjoyed about it. Like, I'm not, I don't want to shit on people's enjoyment. Because, especially in a time right now where there's so little joy to be had um i just want to know what they liked about it because i I mean it's definitely it was entertaining to watch but like if i'm watching it critically with a critical eye i'm like y'all what are y'all doing what what wachowskis what y'all doing i the only fun i really had with the beginning and middle i didn't get to the end of this movie spoiler alert um couldn't do it uh the beginning and middle of this movie was Seeing, having seen the other Wachowski project since eight, that was on Netflix. Um, was that them? A years ago, that was them, and that's why so many of those actors were in this movie. Oh. Basically, all of them from that second season they had, I think, um, were in the movie. I watched the first season of Since Eight. I really liked it. It's great. I think that's probably one of my favorite, other than The Matrix, that's probably the only other Wachowski movie I really like. Um, I mean, there's uh, some of them are like interesting, but they make a lot of they make a lot of questionable movies. What are, so? What are the other movies that the Wachowskis have made? Like you, you mentioned that you have problems with them. I'm not aware of their filmography other than The Matrix, really. So, my main issue with the Wachowskis kind of starts with uh, Cloud Atlas. Did they do that? <laughs> they did oh, do that. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Um, they had Halle Berry speaking in gibberish? Yeah. They had, they had what, Halle Berry and... Uh, Tom Hanks? And Tom, Tom Hanks in, like, Asian-esque makeup, trying to make them look... A- like all oh, that stuff. Oh like, yes. So he had them in yellow face. Yes. Um, I remember that. That was so weird. Is... And then, um, I mean, some I can just name some of the movies they've made mm-hmm. just point, point blank in context. Uh, I mean, you're sitting in front that... of a computer though. <laughs> I don't know yet. Now I'm 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 
trying to think of ones that stand out to me. The uh, Speed Racer, that made the Speed Racer movie the that live, came out. The live and, action Speed Racer movie. I never saw it. Yeah, it it looks visually really cool, but I found that movie to be so disorienting. Uh, I'd have to rewatch it maybe mm-hmm. see if I if it gets better after I <laughs> thought about it more. Um, they did the animated Matrix. The Animatrix, the anime one. Uh, uh, oh, an uh, anime version of the Matrix? Yeah, it was all right. It was okay. okay. You know, it's still their property, so. <laughs> Which we'll get on that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they did V for Vendetta. Oh, really? I kind yes, of, V for Vendetta was interesting. I can't remember if they, I know they wrote it. I don't know if they directed it together i kind of hated that they had nally portman they had her suffer they to make her an activist they like basically tortured her for a series of like months or weeks or whatever not like in the movie in the movie not like you know real life oh yeah you're right right because like they had her in a jail cell making her think like she was in some deplorable conditions and then when she got out she was just at somebody's house (laughs) just what 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 is this um Okay, so I, I guess I was familiar with some of their movies and just didn't know that they made them. It was there back when I was watching movies and wasn't pay, paying attention to directors. I have... I think my biggest thing with, with the Wachowskis is there is this sort of weird... And it's not even that. So it comes up in their films a little bit. And I think I, without knowing too much about the Lawrence Fishburne thing, they have this very particular proximity to um, blackness and sort of others, like the other aspect of society. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, but that's not you know you can't really own otherness. And I think in in them also both being. Um, trans women they have a connection to being outsiders that I think is interesting for for a series like Sense8 mm-hmm. and for something like The Matrix where you kind of get to make yourself whatever you want mm-hmm. in the simulation I think that comes out of those stories in an interesting way but the way they treat blackness at times as an aesthetic or the way that they have interacted with black actors mm-hmm. and their own was it uh Lana Wachowski has like dreads like really goofy ass dreads oh I think I've seen them um, they're like blonde with like pink and stuff it's like girl yeah and it's like there's so I have issue with like a percentage of the work they do not all of it because i think they're interesting writers but there's just sometimes you know i think the way they the there's something that they have going on with black people that doesn't quite jive <laughs> well i mean i'm curious about their timeline their their transition timeline um, for their personal personal transition from because they went from the first Matrix and all, actually all the Matrix, the first three movies, they're listed as the Wachowski brothers. Um, and so I'm curious about the transition from their their gender transition um, and how mm. how can that be mirrored in the movies that they're making? Like their 
Um, mm. Maybe looking at their otherness or either coming to terms with it. I mean, I can only imagine that if you are transitioning, how, how you know, how that feels in your body, but also like what, like your thought process on where you are as you're transitioning, I feel like will vary from like moment to moment, milestone to milestone until you get where you want to be. Um, and so I could maybe see, I, I would be, not maybe see, I would want to be, I want to know where the movies line up with their own personal lives. Because I think that would make sense as to why the movies come out the way they do. Now, with that being said, just because they're transitioning and they're they're looking at their own otherness doesn't mean they're experts on otherness with a capital O or on blackness or on Asianness. Like that <laughs> that's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Yes, all of these groups, trans people, Asian people, black people, Latinx people, we are all part of a marginalized group. We get lumped into this marginalized group and people often think that, oh, because we're all lumped in this marginal space together, that we all occupy the space the same and we do not. Um, they are still white women. <laughs> like, you know, like how, you know, they're, you know, they're not good. They're not going to move in this marginalized space the same way someone who is queer and black is going to move through the space, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm curious as to whether how the movies line up with their own personal lives and the way they thought about themselves. Um, that would be a question I would have. I mean, is it my business? Probably not, but they've put these things out on display and I feel like it, things as in movies on display and like I think that directors, when you make something, there is a piece of you in it. Um, because even the first Matrix movie, people were talking about how it could be a stand-in for being a transgender. Like there's a lot of transgender themes in there, like that itching mm -hmm. in the back of your mind that something is not right could be a metaphor for body dysmorphia. I've read this in articles and things. Um, you know, there's just there's a lot of things that could be flipped, switched in and out. Like you can, and I've seen lots of people use the Matrix, the first movie, as like a building block for lots of theories and all of oh, all yeah. kinds of like like academic papers using the Matrix as building blocks for things, right? Um, for different philosophies. So I would be curious about that, but I do agree with you. They have no right to you know how they're moving around like blackness. And then there, I feel like they killed off Lawrence Fishburne because Lawrence Fishburne don't be playing with people. He don't be no, he don't be, like he don't he don't play, be playing around. Like it's it's the same sort of like knowing Lawrence Fishburne and, and his career and the way he handles himself, mm. and then knowing other actors like all the actors that are, <laughs> that are in these films and are in their projects. I feel like the question becomes, are you willing to hold hands with a white savior narrative? Mm. Um, and I think if you are, you get along okay. But if you deviate too far, like if Lawrence Fishman was in this movie, it would not just be a Neo and Trinity movie. Mm -hmm. He would have a handle on this future and he wouldn't just be the guy who's like, Neo is the greatest. Because that's where that story starts, yeah. but it's not where it goes. Because Morpheus really carries the first movie. Like He really does. Keanu Reeves is he a really good does. actor. He is a good actor, but <sighs> he's doing a really good job of being like, I need, like being a mentee. 
Whereas Morpheus yeah. is like, I'm going to teach you this shit. And then and Morpheus, you know, he's tiptoeing on that line in the first movie of being like a magical Negro. Because, you know, he's opening, so close. he's opening Neo's mind to all these new experiences and things. But at the same time, he's like, you can do this shit, too. Like this, like, I'm not like, it's not like I. it's only something exclusive to me. Like, once you get out of the Matrix, you can do this stuff, too. Like, it's not, you know, it's not something exclusive to me as, like, a magical Negro, right? And, like, the digital magical Negro, the tech... And even the Oracle, right? Like, she kind of has, like, magical Negro vibes about her. That's right. So, you know what I mean? It's the proximity to all these actors and characters. They place them in such a Mm -hmm. specific role. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know, there's... Because her being opposite of the architect, the architect is this stuffy, older white man, looks like Colonel Sanders, um, wears those white suits, white hair. And Mm -hmm. then the Oracle is this older black woman, which we always think, I think we always think about in media, older black women being a fountain of wisdom, right? And her purpose in the Matrix is to throw off the architect's calculations. Because he's always like very, he's very precise about where things need to be and like all this kind of stuff. And she's just like, I'm here to fuck shit up, right? Or to make sure the things that there is balance or make sure things are unbalanced in a way. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, even though I like the lady who played, I like both ladies who play the Oracle because they, they do switch. She gets deleted in the second one and comes back in the third one as a different actress, which... I don't know why. <laughs> again, like there's no, you know, and we, maybe maybe it's like she didn't want to do it again. Or, you know, maybe be, she's older. I think but. it was played by Edna Miller. Was the first Oracle? She was really she was I, she was good. I liked her. It's pretty good. Oh, the second lady is good too, but it's just like why y'all change? <laughs> what are y'all doing? Um, but you know that is addressed in the third movie where the, they go to see the Oracle and she was like, I'm sorry you can't. She was like, I'm sorry I don't look how you remember me, but you know, parts of you go away. Like when you get not deleted, but like she was basically assumed into Agent Smith. Um, mm-hmm. And then when she came back, you know, became whatever. Um, oh no, that happens in the third movie later. Never mind. I'm getting them all mixed up. Um, but. All that to say, like they are, they are definitely towing the line. And like I said, I haven't seen a lot of the other movies. Cloud Atlas was a was a mess, was a cloud of of mess messiness. Um, with and long as hell. I just saw bits and pieces of it, and so and I remember. I think was it the Joy Luck Film Club? I think they were posting about when the when we first got news that there was going to be another Matrix movie. The Joy Luck Film Club, um, which is a group based in Houston. Um, shout out to them. Um, they were posting about like the, how the Wachowskis are racist and like their use of like yellow face and different things. I was trying to go back and find like some of the articles on them, but then you remind me of Cloud Atlas and like, oh yeah, the, the whole movie. <laughs> the whole movie is the proof. Hey, remember that, whole, remember that part where you made the whole movie? <laughs> the whole movie is the proof. And it's just like, oh, are you trying to say that everyone in the future or whatever time period this is, like, is all blended together, then why not actually hire, like, I don't know, mixed-race people to play mixed-race people in a movie? I don't know. 
Um, and there's there's so many, even with a, a series like Sense8 that they had, which is, the, I think, besides the yeah. Matrix is their most recent thing I can think of that they put out. Um, I love the series because of the concept, but I'd be lying if it's kind of crazy. With that, with that series, it's like, what, eight people are connected through birth. And at some point, you know, they have a realization that they are connected. Mm-hmm. They can share a mind. It's, got high, it's like a hive mind. Yeah. I love when, like, like there's one that's, like, really good at martial arts. And, like, one the other mm-hmm. one was, like, in trouble. And, like, so they just switched. And he's, like, doing, like, like... And the, the way they shoot it is so cool. Like, it's, it's a very fun series, but it fall like, there's the same faltering for uh, sort of who's solving the mystery, who is making this possible, like, in terms of, like, progressing the plot. It's a white cop from, like, Boston. Mm-hmm. And, you know, someone with detective skills makes sense. But the two primary characters that we tend to you know it's an ensemble cast but the ones that we seem to keep coming back to for progressing the story forward are these two white characters or the romances that come mm-hmm. from it it's two white characters and a white man and an, uh, an Indian character mm-hmm. and they're sort of centralized and everyone else is like oh yeah you have a skill set bring them in they have to have function mm-hmm. um, and it's uh, everyone knows something didn't in the second season, someone's a, D- someone's a DJ. What's your what's your skill set for saving the world? I'm DJ. Keeping the party moving. That's. I guess. In, I in don't the second know. season, didn't they switch out the African guy like for another African guy and <laughs> pretended like we weren't going to notice that? It said, "Oh, did you get a new haircut," and he said, "Yeah, I did." They did. They do it. I remember it because I thought it, I, I laughed. When, and was mad. I think that's when I stopped watching because I'm like, oh, y'all doing this kind of stuff. I'm not. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not going. And to it was partake. over. It was over like a contract. It's a uh, uh, sort of disagreement. It was something about him being because people liked him, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Can I get paid more?" And I don't know how he said it, but they're like, "No." They're like, "No." <laughs> and he went, "Well, I'll leave," and they went, "Fine." We'll find someone else. Um, oh. But they, I mean, that the whole cast, I think both before he leaves and after, I think they're a really great cast. But I read somewhere where it's just like that concept of eight people around the world are linked. Mm-hmm. Kind of wild that the amount of people that exist in the world, how you get three white people in that high mind. <laughs> it's not that, it, there's not that many white people in the world. Like Europe is not, there's not, not that big. I feel like there would be more Asian people in the hive yeah <laughs> they're really white because it... <laughs> i'm just saying um i i want to return to the matrix return to the matrix uh for a second because you no, because you mentioned something about a white savior narrative Ooh, hold on you were frozen you for... you paused you Hello. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, yeah, you froze for me too. I didn't hear what you said. Um, I said I want to return to the Matrix because uh, you mentioned Lawrence Fishburne and you talk about a white savior narrative. Um, I remember coming across an article. Man, now I'm gonna look for it. Years ago, <laughs> I saved it because I was like, "What?" 
Um, Because Keanu Reeves, right, is Mm -hmm. biracial. He's biracial. Really? Yes, he's he's, biracial. He's he's not, to my understanding, um, he's not like a regular white man. He's a, okay, (laughs) he's he's, um, a biracial white man. Okay, this article, this is an article by Leilani Nishime, and it's called The Matrix Trilogy, Mm -hmm. Keanu Reeves and Multiraciality at the End of Time. And when she talks about him, I think she talks about him, Keanu Reeves himself, being biracial, but then she also talks about, she asks questions if Neo is multiracial. I should have read this before coming on here, but I forgot to. Because it just it didn't click back in my mind. I will, you know what, you all, I will share it on the Patreon. Um, so you, yeah. you all can read it for yourselves. Because um, she's talking about duality um, and like this kind of, um, I don't know, like splitting between cultures or whatever. Race, mm-hmm. and then she has a, 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 a title in here called Race Without Bodies. Um, some interesting stuff. Um, but I always thought Keanu Reeves, I mean, he, look, he is by, he, he is biracial, but he presents as a white man on screen. Like no one's thinking about being Asian, um, or being half Asian in these movies. Um, I think we're mostly just seeing a white man on screen. Although he's, he seems to be a lot of people's favorite. People really love Keanu Reeves. I think just because he he you know there's always a every couple of years I mean he's maintained it pretty well but every couple of years there's just like a, a white man who don't really be doing too much except being somewhat normal mm-hmm. like having non non polarizing opinions or the few opinions they have uh, make whatever is the majority uh, online pretty happy. Like, I think he laughed about NFTs. Mm-hmm. Like, he was like, that sounds dumb. And a bunch of people went, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's made really smart career choices. He's been in fun movies. Like John Wick. Um, what else was he been in? He was he did the whole John Wick series. He, he, was, uh, he was himself in, <laughs> uh, in this um, rom-com movie that had... Uh, <sighs> Shoot, it was on Netflix. It was good too. It was fun. Um, it was a main. It was a two Asian leads too, uh, and they're both in things. They're both in things. Um, I have to look it up, uh, but he's in a rom com playing himself, and it was over exaggerated mm-hmm. and goofy. Um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, um, okay. Point Break. Like he's been in only action movies, uh, adventure movies. And like random, so many things involving technology and time travel and like goofy science fiction and science fiction are his primary bag. But he just, and he's not like a great actor. He's just, he knows how to deliver a cool line. And he knows how to make a, a good stoic face. What movie was when he's asked? What movie was he in with Winona Ryder? Do you remember? Because she said it's a scene they got married in the movie, and so Winona Ryder was like, "Well, I'm actually married to Keanu Reeves." 
And he was like, if she says we're married, we're married. Let me see. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I bring up his ethnicity because that is that is sometimes like a talking point. And because I, I thought about this article um, that I pulled up, um, which we will disseminate to you all on our platforms so that you can read it for yourselves. Um, but it's talking about like the multiracialness of the Matrix. Um, I mean, Zion was pretty much just like a very brown city in the second and third. Like it was just a sea of brown, just brown bodies everywhere, um, dancing and having a good time because they're free. Um, but I can I can see. I can yeah I can see that it can be it could seem like a white savior because why doesn't why does the one always have to come back as Keanu Reeves? Couldn't it come back as another form? This is probably a good a good time to think about uh, those rumors. <gasps> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> it's so messy! Oh my gosh! Did you see any of the links I put it in? I put in the calendar. Um, I didn't get to click on them because okay. I, I, I was doing some research myself, but I okay, saw that we, you also had gone digging. Okay, we probably looked at some of the same stuff, though. Um, so, it has come up several times that The Matrix and Terminator, which I watched Terminator last night. Um, you did? did. For the first time? Yes, for the first time. For the first time? Yes. Time. Why was why was he naked walking around with his thing swinging around, swinging around in the beginning? Because 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 they got a bodybuilder. I cannot. That was hilarious. I was like, oh, they for oh they for real. It's because your clothes can't tra- you can't you transport can't transport them. clothes to the the time machine. <laughs> a mess. Um, but I digress. Okay, I promise. Terminator is connected. Um, so Sophie Stewart, who is this woman who wrote a sci-fi book called The The Third Eye in the 1980s, is claim has filed a lawsuit against the Wachowskis, Warner Brothers, um, some other people were named in the lawsuit. But she was basically saying they have stolen her intellectual property, that The Matrix is basically her book. Um, dun, dun, dun. I know. And so she says, according to, like, I've read a couple of different articles. um, And so she says that she entered a sci-fi story contest in the 1980s and submitted the third eye, never heard back from anyone. And then she goes to the movie theater in 1990-something and sees that, to see The Matrix is like, this is my movie. Like, this is my writing on screen. Um... So she files a lawsuit and she, this is where it gets tricky because if you look at articles, this is why it's important to look at the dates of things too. If you look at articles from 2013, it says that she won the lawsuit. And so it effectively would set, uh I'm getting to it. Marcellus's face is like, "Mm." (laughs) it says that she won the lawsuit against the Wachowskis, Warner Brothers, basically saying that she... And mind you, Sophie Turner, she is a black woman. That is also really important to this story because 
her book, The Third Eye, is about how black people need... Basically, The Matrix is, like, white America and, like, black people need to disengage from it. It's, it's, it's you know, that kind of a story. Um, so, you know, fill in the dot, fill in the blanks. You can connect the two. Um, but what makes her story so compelling, I think, is because she's a black woman and we know how this country has treated black women. We've talked about it on this podcast. I think specifically about Henrietta Lacks, how they just took her sales. Her family saw oh, no yeah. kind of money compensation for that ever. I think maybe now later, like after the the HBO show, the movie came out. Way after the well fact. after the fact, right? Um, but we know how this country, this country's relationship with black women, and take feeling, you know, completely fine with taking black women's labor, creativity, all of that, all of that stuff, right? Time. And then everything we've talked about so far, like the kind of inklings of the Wachowskis, mm-hmm. it's easy to to, mm-hmm. to assume. It, it went 100% how she says. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you listen to her talk, she's kind of compelling. She's very compelling. I don't know. Oh, she's a writer, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> she's very compelling. Because I saw a snippet. Because, Marcel, you sent me a TikTok that this girl made talking about how The Matrix was stolen from Sophie Stewart, Sophia Stewart. And she's doing an interview, and she's talking about, like, how not just a Matrix, but also Terminator is a part of her book. And like Terminator is to her. She's saying Terminator is the the prequel to the Matrix because the machines go back in time to try and destroy the one. Which in if you've seen Terminator, you know Arnold Schwarzenegger is the cyborg. He comes goes back in time to kill Sarah Connor, who gives birth to John Connor, who's going to be like help lead mankind's freedom against the machine. Um, which is kind of like mm-hmm. a, like Neo in a sense. Um, just change some names around, right? Um, so she's talking about like how you know this is this is her stories. These are her stories, and they were stolen for her from her. And Marcel's what? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna let because we haven't talked about this because you sent me this TikTok and I was like, oh, we got, we have to discuss this <laughs> on the show. We gotta. I'm glad we both. I mean, it's, I think, instinctually to make sure that whatever is being, uh, you know, stated is true. We try to. Um, the media has embraced her story, but it's, it doesn't look like it's true. Because it <laughs> she, she claims a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, in her, even if she had won her case, too, she would have been, like, one of the richest black people uh, for a while, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, she's not. <laughs> um, uh, but she's, you know, she went and told her story on a couple different places. But the third eye itself, and you can buy it on Amazon. It is on Amazon. Um, Don't confuse it with what? the book The Mother of the Matrix, because that's about the court case. It is about the court case. A lot of it kind of gets caught up, though, I think, in this journey she's had versus. Like, if you were to put them right side by side, Mm -hmm. there's just not enough there to be able to claim. It's I don't know. It's it's very it's in the same way that you could say. 
like Pokemon and Digimon are the same mm. thing. Like there's so many loose Ooh. things going on. Even the dates and times of everything just it doesn't add up. And it and it's sad because there are a lot of times when that happens mm-hmm. for like black writers and black creators or the the um the sort of uh of a voice or story gets shoved down to the bottom pile mm-hmm. and then gets reemerged later. But that paradigm doesn't feel like it's one of them. Yeah. I I was I read several different articles. Um the, like I said, the ones from twenty thirteen are misleading. Um, I read oh super clickbait. I read one from 2018, like a couple of years later, and they were, they talk about how the articles from 2013 are misleading because it made it sound like she won the court case, but she just won the right mm. to move forward with the lawsuit, not to not that she won the case altogether, and of course she mm. didn't win the lawsuit. Um, also, they're saying her dates don't like you mentioned the dates don't line up. Though which she said that she submitted this book to a science fiction story writing thing in like 1984 and I think the Wach- yeah, and the Wachowskis were like 19 and 20 at the time and so they, and they were an undergrad they weren't you know they were doing whatever undergrad students do which is what like goofing off and going to class mm-hmm. like they you know they were watching the matrix <laughs> watching the matrix um, and then Terminator came out in the 80s in like 86, 87, or 89. Yeah, like I think that. so. Um, and she didn't say anything then. She didn't say anything until 1999 when The Matrix came out. Um, and so it's just, I think what I was most interesting to me, because I, I see this happen a lot with, um, sometimes with my own family. Like black people, we're just so, we will believe another black person over a white person. Like, that's just kind of, like, cult- like culturally. Like, we want, like, we, because we know, because the trauma is there, right? The trauma is there, the history yeah. is there. And so if someone, if a black person who is very charismatic um, is telling you this thing happened to them and you know that black people are not listened to in this country, of course you're going to believe them. Um, you're going to believe them. And then also the fact that a lot of people believe everything they read or see on the internet um and that it's tough it's tough because i even even very smart people like myself sometimes i have to stop and pause and like wait a minute what is this like how like because i got ex- i got excited when i heard when i saw that tiktok i know um and like i was so ready to get film history that i hadn't heard of mm-hmm. yet and it wasn't uh, there. but you, you can't really there's a lot of and I'm going to recommend the book again because I do love it. There's, I mean, there's other books that I like it, but um, Ed Guerrero's um, Framing the Black Image mm-hmm. uh, film. Great, great book if you want to look at like black bodies and black people in film and sort of that hard relationship. But it's also analysis and opinion. Mm-hmm. It doesn't ever claim to like be like, did you know mm-hmm. that uh, the, it doesn't try to which this, do anything like debunked. With any theorist, <laughs> that's what you theorize. Like that's what you do. What a good theorist. Yeah. Does. 
people, I think when people get on the internet and try to say, this is the facts, this is the thing. Um, you got to have, that's a researcher's job. That's a whole, so disappointing. I know. She did an interview with some, uh, some guy and it's like an hour long. I was going to listen to it this morning, but I didn't feel like it. Um, I may link that for you all. We'll, we're going to sit, we're going to have a bunch of links this, this week on our Twitter um, and Patreon for you all to like look through things if you so if you so choose. Um, mm-hmm. Those of you who are maybe more academics, the article I mentioned earlier is about twenty eight pages. To let you know now, because um, I know it's like with my students, I have to I always you have to put the page number, <laughs> the page count next to the readings because otherwise, so just so they prepare mentally, it was like this is gonna be ten pages. 10 pages is nothing, but for them, they're just like, oh my gosh, why? Why 10 pages? Um, but... That's a, that's what? That's a page a day. Page a day. Yeah. 10-day assignment. Um, but there's so... There's a there's there's a lot of, like, misrepresent... There's a lot of misinformation within the Black digital space just floating around and being passed around and accepted as truth because of how mm. distrustful we are of the government, of institutions, Right? Like someone could make, and you know how like they have QAnon, right? That's primarily why someone could make a whole documentary on like the conspiracy and misinformation that's circulating around in the black digital space. Like there's enough of it there. Oh, absolutely. Right? Because like, for instance, um, I got two examples. So there, there was this photo floating around and images, images, photographs are one of the big things that the people use. Um, there was a photograph mm-hmm. of this young woman who is uh, who had who's dark skin, has long wavy hair, and it's a colonial photo. It's a colonial portrait. It's done in that kind of style, and she she's wearing like a necklace that's kind of like a shaped like a South Pacific style necklace. Um, her clothing remind me of traditional Maori clothing, and she is a Maori a Maori woman. So Ma- the Maori people being indigenous of the South Pacific, particularly of New Zealand. Um, but her picture gets passed around saying that she's a Black Native American, that she's a Seminole. I've seen it. I've seen it, and it's like the clues in this photograph are there. If you did a reverse Google image search and saw all the different variations of this image, there's one that's the full image that has the name of the, of the portrait company, the Foy brothers. And it's from, and it's taken, it says New Zealand on it. See what well you, you got, I'll stop you right there. You said reverse Google, reverse uh, search the image. <laughs> See now, you lost us there because <laughs> you ver- you verified <laughs> your source, and I don't think you understand, Jamie. That's not allowed. <laughs> you're, not, you're not supposed to verify your sources. What you're supposed to do is glance at it <laughs> and then go. What I heard was. <laughs> And I can't lie, because we because we do it sometimes too, but we don't claim Uh-oh. the truth. It's like, oh, I might have to look. Sometimes we look it up. Like we we will look something up immediately, or we'll think about our opinion. We, but when it's that's how you get whole generations thinking 
one thing for years. But the and then the thing is like the clues are there in the image. Her style of dress, her necklace piece looks very South Pacific. Like it's done in that very rounded, stylized way that I associate with the South Pacific. Like, and I know this because I have an art history. Like I took art history classes and I looked at artworks <laughs> from that region. And I'm like, oh, her necklace is in that style. So she's probably from this region. Right. And then, of course, you know, the image says New Zealand. I'm like, oh, she's probably Maori. Like I can because I have that training. I can do that. You mentioned for us, I think, you know, a podcast. Someone was like, people should stop making unnecessary podcasts in 2022. Um, <laughs> but for us, like we we're this podcast is about visual culture and we're both visual artists we have MFAs, oh, yeah. right? Like we're we've been studying this stuff for a while, and like I don't think any of we, we're using our media literacy yeah. to make sense <laughs> in front of us. You know, no, I agree. I, I, I agree. Don't think anyone, I don't think anyone would think that we're not that we're experts, but we have the the background. Like you study digital storytelling and filmmaking, and then I study photography. Like we both have studied photography, so it's you know it's not quite. It's not quite the same as someone's like uncle getting on the internet and seeing this picture and being like, yeah, this girl is a Seminole Indian when she's from New Zealand. And it's just like, what are y'all doing? Like, what are you? I want to know what my, my uncle thinks of the Matrix resurrection. Uh-oh. I don't know. I don't say that as if I know what he would know. Oh. I don't know now, now. Somebody's uncle getting on. My. I want to know what my uncle for media literacy. Visual visual literacy, media literacy is so important, y'all. Like, it's so important to be able to stop, look at the images that you are seeing. Because we look, we process them so quickly. Oh, that yeah. That you, like, you, your brain has instantly made these connections. But you need to stop and question those connections that your brain made. Because they're informed by your own experience or lack thereof. What were you going to say? I would... I was gonna say I would venture to say there's a third one. You can wrap it into media literacy, mm-hmm. but I think digital literacy. Mm-hmm. That too. Because it's it's what made us both go. Let's verify this TikTok because we know a TikTok is just a video someone yes. made. And it's the same thing that when you see a tweet, you go, "This is okay." Opinion. This is so. Or even this is not that real account that too like i remember at my old university the university of Beep, um there was an incident where to cause chaos hate groups pretended to be the university alert system and uh said that the clan was on campus oh no and put up a picture and i reverse google search the image a little bit later, like when they said, no, they're not, they're not there. And I was like, this looks weird. This looks familiar. It was from the Virginia. Mm. Um, you know, you already know what I'm talking about. See, and so it's. Thing. Well, whatever yes. those little boys was doing with them tiki torches, that thing. And so <laughs> the little, the Charlottesville picnic. <laughs> um, it was around that time too. So no one could like, unless you were looking to debunk it. You might not have known. Yeah, because it, it just—you're reacting off emotions of seeing this image, seeing being like, "This is in a place that I know. This is an account that I know." Mm-hmm. 
Like they're that's and that's what they do to spread terror, like you said, right? Um, always, I don't know. There's always ways to to think about how the world is supposed to work and how you view it. Yeah. Um, and literacy is typically, I feel like the the hard line between how you feel and how it actually is. Yeah. Um, the other the other example I had which I've even passed this around because I think it's interesting to think about. Um, but I re- mm. restructured my thinking when I talked to Hawa about it. Um, so there used to be, there's like a, an illustration of water or tsunami personified as a woman. And the caption on the image mm. says that hurricanes are and like the spirits of Africans who jumped overboard during the slave trade. And they're like, think about it. They only hit um, the places where the slave ships went, and it's like, I mean, this is. Damn. <laughs> I mean, this is like going back to that whole. I think I was talking about last episode, like ha- causality, like yeah. how just because these things are all there's a correlation between correlation does not equal causality, kind of thing. That sure, yes, to, uh, not tornadoes, hurricanes hit the Caribbean, which heavy slave trade in the Caribbean. Um, they hit the mm. eastern coast of the United States as well as the Gulf Coast as well. Um, mm. But I think that, and I, when I was talking to Hawa, when she, she was like, I don't like this. Um, and Hawa is, is our friend. She's um, originally from Cameroon. She was like, she was like, this doesn't really make sense when you think about it. Like, if you really stop and think about it, right? She was like, because it implies that our ancestors don't like don't know where we are don't know that we live in these places because the south is there are a lot of black people living in the south there are a lot of black people moving back to the south the re-migration is happening right and so to say that our ancestors these people who jumped overboard who are more than likely the brothers and sisters cousins mothers of people who made it all the way through that mm-hmm. they don't know that, that they don't know where we their people are and that they don't care about us. They just want to just cause havoc. And it's just like that don't sound right. Like that don't, <laughs> like doesn't quite sound like it doesn't make quite make sense cuz also hurricanes have gone mm. to New York. I mean, yes they, there was slavery in New York, but I don't know about like slave ships coming in and out of New York like that. I'm not a I don't know. Right? But that that particular meme that floats around really plays on African Americans' lack of knowledge about. Ooh, I I feel real hotepy saying this. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, 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 come on, come on. I'm having like someone. I feel like I've just like brought on the spirit of someone's dad, someone's like uncle. <laughs> uh, what they don't want you to know. <laughs> what they don't want you to know is. About the real truth, oh my, my brother. I, it feels like I'm. It feels like that's where I am. Uh, which no, I finish the talk. Okay, about okay. Um, but it plays on the fact that a lot of African Americans are not aware of our traditional African religions and like how they actually function, like the structure of them, <laughs> right? Like, black, mm. like there's like a huge resurgence of people being really interested in the Yoruba pantheon of like you know. Everyone wants to be Oshun's daughter because they saw Beyonce go to Cuba and wear yellow. Um, you know, Yemen, y'all, like all of these different um, um, Orishas, thank you, Orishas, 
Like people are interested on it in it, but they are really interested in a surface level. And also mm. they're trying to approach something that is uniquely African from a Western perspective. Because even though we're African American, we still have an we still have a Western perspective on a lot of things and how we approach. We are American. We are American, right? Like in how we approach things. Um, but I think sometimes we forget to that we there's a lot of work that we have to do to break down the American part of our African-American identity. Um, but I'm going to get off my soapbox because I was like... <laughs> no, I mean, because well, it, it, it's one thing, right, to... I think to be critical of the community that you are a part of is to accept where there are cracks. Yeah. Right? Because, like, it, it, I think in the communication between one another, especially online, it's when you get people who go far into those zones but stay in the shallow end i think you get you do that's when you get hoteps that's when you get people who have a certain understanding of like media literacy mm-hmm. digital literacy all other things they know how it works but they do it's like looking at the cover of the book and you know there's stuff inside of it but if the full context does not serve an ideal then why why bother reading it? Yeah. I don't know. There, there's not every conspiracy is true, but there are but <laughs> there are some conspiracies that are backed up by like actual. Mm-hmm. Like we've we've had we had a whole episode on like um, medical practices. Yeah, I mean, and the black body. Yeah, and you know, like that. You know, I was, it's funny you mentioned that because I just watched one of those TED Ed videos. Uh, right now they're doing like a whole series on Black American history, um, on TED Ed. Little, like little like little cartoon people. Um, I just watched the one on the Tuskegee experiment, which we've talked about on the show. Um, and as I was searching through, Vice News has, of course, they have very clickbaity um, titles, but the, they always uh, they're clickbait. like why this descendant of, or no, it says this descendant of the Tuskegee experiment wants you to get the vaccine, and it's like. Vice, first of all, do you know? I don't think that many black people watch y'all's new stuff, but okay. Um, they're trying, like, trying to target black people getting the vaccine, um, which you know is still then, yeah, because <laughs> um, people there's so much like we and we've said this before on the show. There's so much misinformation about the Tuskegee experiment. And so much mistrust of the government about what their the official what officially happened. Um, yeah. But black historians have said that, just to further reiterate it again, that <laughs> that wasn't that the the doctors were injecting people with syphilis. They were withholding syphilis life saving syphilis medication from the people who already had it, um, and so. Yeah. You know, just to see what it just would, to see happen. what it would do to their bodies, just to see. Like they had the cure, and they didn't want to give it to them. Like that—that that was the Tuskegee experiment or study. It was just—they say to say Tuskegee study. Um, but I understand why. It makes me think similarly of. of uh, sorry to cut you off. It makes me. It makes me think of. Sort of the same thing of. Black people dying and then they kept bones mm-hmm. or like dying and then using their cadavers without permission mm-hmm. like 
it's like, was there any specific harm while they were alive done in those cases? Yeah. No, but the disrespect of their bodies, the agency is taken. And that's where it's like, that's like the horror comes from. I think a lot of the the mistreatment of, of black people, like medicinally. Yeah. Like even in death, like your body is not respected, which, you know, it's, it's horrible. Just like Morpheus. <laughs> Yes, they come up in there with a statue to him and then have Yaya as a CGI, like little beady beads, um, little silver beads uh, program running around like the Silver Surfer looking kind of stuff. I'm like, what? Wearing every which which away color. I know the suit. Well, the suit wasn't hidden for me. I don't know why it didn't look right. It was very Jokerish. I wanted some of the outfits, but not for him. Yeah. I didn't like when... He looked like uh, Steve Harvey. He did look like Steve Harvey in that suit. Oh, my gosh. I didn't like when mm. they was giving Keanu Reeves or Neo the... Making him do the red pill thing again. And they was on a stage. Like, cause, like it was a theater set up. Like, and they had the old movie playing in the background in this new movie. And you see Lawrence Fishburne, and then you see um, Yaya. I'm like, what y'all doing? Like, this is y'all was y'all so was much. y'all was out of content. Like, y'all didn't know what to do. Like, y'all like. We need them to believe this really is Morpheus. Mm-mm. It's Morpheus as a no. program. It's not Morpheus. It's not Morpheus. They call you can call him Morpheus all you want. It's not him. Also, they had them little robots. What Cybe? What's his name? Cybe. Oh, yeah. The the whole aspect of the story where, like, the some machines saw what happened in the third movie and were, yeah, y'all humans might have done something. Y'all might have done something. And they come and join them. Which felt very Star Wars. It felt very Star Wars y to have, like, the little machines, like, there and they're, like, sentient and they're, like, okay. And they're, like, making, like, beep bop sounds and stuff. Um, I was happy to see Santi. Sati, though. I don't know if you made it to that part in the movie with Priyanka Chopra. No, I was going to tell you uh, or ask you, how does this movie, what is the ending portion? Okay, so they come up with a plan, right? Because the whole thing is about trying to get Trinity out of the Matrix. Like, that's that's basically Mm -hmm. the second act of the film is trying to get, they've got Neo out. He goes to Io, which is the new city, because Zion, I think. Something happened with Zion, um, which I could still sense in the second and third movie. The way they was trying to run Zion, I was like, y'all, like y'all, free and y'all recreating oppressive structures again, because it's like a council got a bunch of old white men on it, a bunch of old people on it, like it's like Wakanda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So they're trying to get Trinity out of the Matrix and they're like, well, she has to want to get out because if not, she could die because it's going to be just so disorienting to her. Um, so they come up with this really elaborate plan and Sati is the one who does it. Sati is played by Priyanka Chopra. Sati is also the little girl in the third movie who when he gets pushed in either, it's either a second or third movie, when he gets at the train station and he can't get on the train and there's like the Indian family that's there but they're not like people they're programs and Sati is the little girl um and so she grows up to become like someone who can program and like access both worlds simultaneously because she's a program she's not 
like a person. Um, and so she comes up with this plan to get Trinity out. And it's very this multi-layered plan where Neo and a group of the uh, the people from the ship go to the Matrix, go inside the Matrix to get Trinity. And then another group go to the Machine City to get Trinity out of the Resurrection Pod. So this is happening simultaneously. Like they want to disconnect her. But with, and they're going, they're going to, they want to disconnect her and take her body, but like also like keep her connected into the matrix because they don't want to like shock her out of it. Um, and so for a moment, like Bugs has to switch like cords with, with her just for like temporal, like temporarily for a moment. And then they get Trini's body and then they leave with it. Um, but like Sati's there and she's doing like her programming stuff to like hijack the pod so that it doesn't cause any alarm for the the people or whatever or the not mm. people the machines the machines um so the movie trinity decides to she decides to get out of the matrix cuz it's in the back of her mind like that something's there like this right yeah. cuz in the movie her name is Tiffany her her new name is Tiffany which, which she hates that and... name um and so she turns around and somehow regains her memories magically. So there's this whole chase scene where her and Keanu are on the motor on a motorcycle, and like the analyst has brought in like very Agent Smith style, but like without the cloning or duplicating, brought in all of these people to just basically chase them down. So there's a bunch of like fighting, chasing, um, and in the end, they're trapped on a building, and they jump. And because the whole movie, like Keanu can't fly anymore. He has some of his oneness powers, like the Kung Fu is still there, mm-hmm. uh, but he can't fly anymore. And like he kept trying to fly and he would like jump and just, you know, land, which is a kind of comical moment. Um, but they jump off the building, not knowing what's going to happen. And Trinity ends up being the one that can fly and she's holding him. And so they fly off into the distance Um and then eventually, I guess, they get out, and then they're in love again, and then they go back in to see the analyst, and they have this whole, like, witty uh, exchange with him about, like, I don't I don't quite remember, but, like, they he thought they were going to, like, kill him, or I don't know. I don't remember really remember how it ended. They just got to, they literally just flew off into the sunset together in the end. The end. <laughs> that's literally what happened I don't remember what you know because the analyst was talking his shit and he thought they was going to kill him and they're like no we're not going to kill you and then they just fly off into space but they're doing something to disrupt the matrix that he built because his matrix is built on Neo and Trinity's connection and like keep wanting to keep them mm-hmm. close together but not too close so that they become powerful so that is the end of Matrix Resurrections. They could have kept it. That makes me tired knowing. They could have kept it. I don't I don't think they're you they said what? Kept it. They could have kept that in the drafts. That was one for the drafts. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, did you did you enjoy your time with it? I mean it was it was it was cute. It was fun to watch at points. I live tweeted most of it. Um, and my live tweets are just me, like, 
me using different gifs for a confused face, so. You know. <laughs> I, I, I stopped and started it uh, three or four times. Really? Yeah, I, I couldn't do it. I did not have. I think uh, to quote um, Isabella, uh, I'm not having fun watching this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean and she told me not to turn it off and I was like no I'm, I'm watching this I said I think I'm watching this for the podcast but I it's after the first like part the first beginning of it I was like I don't think I can I don't think I would do this for myself it's, it's real laborious it's too self-aware like the meta like the meta cognition the meta meta cinematic nature of this film is just <sighs> It's too much. It, it it they lay it on really really thick, and then there's like an end credit scene, too, which I don't even remember what happened in that. But it's like back to that that room where they're throwing out ideas for the next Matrix game. Um, uh, and they're oh they're like oh the internet and we should make a Matrix for a for cats like a Catrix, something like that. They said. Yeah, I think I'm gonna be sick again. Um, no, I, there, there's a lot. I think there's a lot of movies that could be made, and I don't think, you know, to anyone's surprise, a reboot or a continuation is not always the greatest idea. Some franchises do it, and it's like this was unnecessary, but at least it was fun. Um, I think that last Ghostbusters movie that came out. The Paul Rudd one? Super unnecessary. I mean, it was Paul, yeah, it Paul, was Rudd. Paul Rudd in it. Of course it was unnecessary. He wasn't even the main... Uh, it was, the kids carry that movie. Wow. It's it's like a it's like a Goonies, Super 8 kind of movie. Like, the parents are there. And they do a decent job. But it's like... It was a, it's a blockbuster. Like, this is supposed to be a blockbuster. And... <sighs> They're not making that. It was a blast. They're really not making anything you want to come outside your house for. They're really not. Yeah. yeah. Every once in a while, even it's hard. It's hard, I think, to these days have fun and get something that. Like, I saw Spider Man. How was that? No spoilers. Um, No, no spoilers. I, I had fun with it. It met my expectations. I wasn't like, wow! And I wasn't like disappointed. Um, definitely fun to see in the theaters. Just for the sake of, you know, unless you were at home, you got that whole surround system going on. But I saw um, Encanto. Uh, that, but I know that's even tricky. Oh, there's right? lots of that, conversations a- around Encanto and authenticity um, in regards to, like, um, <sighs> Queer Latinx Latinx experiences or like Colombian American ex- or Colombian experiences. So um, I've heard different people. Some people really. I've heard different people really liked it, or some people had problems. I really enjoyed it, but I, I don't have any. I don't have the background or or uh, experiences to inform that. But I'm trying to think of movies that have been you know like successful lately, and a lot of it just comes back to fandom and diversity. Yeah. And this movie had diversity and it had fandom, and I still think it sucked. Yeah. 
<laughs> and it's it's hard because I don't know, it's not not for everybody. I'm sure some people were excited still and enjoyed it, but um, I would like to watch many more things. Uh, this this has me. This has me ready to watch a lot more things. That's all I was saying. Yeah. I will say, you mentioned Fight Club earlier. I watched it for the first time um, this year, ever in my life. Um, and that was fun. It was, it was yeah. Fun. It knows exactly what it yeah, is. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this explains white men a lot. Like, this is, I get this. I get it. But see, isn't it funny how, like, and because I'm pretty sure it's based on a book, too, um, maybe of the same name. Um, but it's one of those movies where it's like Fight Club, uh, Django, there's a couple of movies where it's like there's violence in them and there's like a certain representation of masculinity and like they're critiques, Mm -hmm. but the critique gets lost because the vibe, like not, not in, you know, in, in demonstration, but I think from the viewer, it's just like the little animated, uh, comic of someone's like, the point shooting over their head and their eyes are both and they're like big gun yeah. <laughs> like explosion yeah. it's, um, it but. also kind of made me think about um when eminem had the that video or when he was doing like all those had all those white boys uh wear the same clothes as him and blo- dye their hair blonde the real, the real oh sunshiny. yeah the real like it, it was it was fight club like they all c- cut their hair wear the same clothes we are a unit <laughs> We are taking over. I'm like, damn. We are G unit. We are G unit. G unit. And on that note, <laughs> I think it's time to wrap. Um, damn, I forgot. How do we escape out of this? Okay. Um, <laughs> Guys, thank our patrons. Yes. Thank sure. you to our patrons, Caitlin D and Jerome C. If you are not a patron, we would very much appreciate it if you would consider it. Um, the lowest level of donations each month is $5. Um, you get shout-outs in the shows with that with that level. Level 2 is also shout-outs, but then you also get digital art and things like that from us. And then level 3, which is a $20 level, you get the visual version of the podcast, shout-outs, and the digital art. So definitely consider being a patron uh, we appreciate you all for listening um, in those of you who are like engaging with us on twitter we also appreciate you all very well um, instagram y'all could do better yes. i'm not gonna lie y'all could do better we can engage on instagram That's real. Y'all, y'all could y'all really could y'all just be looking at the stuff and then don't say <laughs> don't participate in the poll we see you we see you, we see you. it does say you we see you <laughs> but you know, thank you to everyone who's who listens to to the podcast. We really appreciate you all. Thank you to uh, Playdate, our friends of the podcast who provide the groovy tunes that we always uh, do with our outro. Uh, fans of sci-fi, fans of all good things, all all good media that we we cover. Um, this song, "Why Don't We Talk About It," is uh, is what leads us out. Um, and I, I think, I think if I had to, I know we normally end it there, but uh, happy New Year! Yeah, uh, happy New Year! Happy New Year! May twenty twenty two be a better year for all of us. 
this is the last uh, outro we're doing for for this year. It is, but it's also the first one of 2022. It's also the first one. Wow. So for the for the last and first time of the year, um, I have been Marcellus. And I'm Jamie. Stay nerdy. And stay black. Sensational.